Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying... A, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol Jean. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the best of the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Boom! What up, America? Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. Coming to you from the City of Angels. Hoping you are well. What a game we had last night. I was right, but I was wrong. I thought it was close. I thought it'd be close. But I also believed that the... uh, the Golden State Warriors would persevere. Uh, boys all thought it was over. All thought it was a blowout. And look, th- this is here's the cliche. This is why sports is better, right? Because the the ending is not planned. Even the process by which we got to the ending was not expected, right? Steph Curry goes crazy. Then he goes one for ten. Clay Thompson on Ariza Island. And Kevin Durant forcing bad shots. And even then, the Warriors still had a shot. And even after they missed that shot, they still had another shot. But the Houston Rockets got their biggest road win since Mike D'Antoni has been their head coach, since James Harden has been on their team, clearly since Chris Paul uh, joined the team as well. And... Now this thing is going still at least six. And it feels like we have a legit series on our hands. 
Here's Steve Kerr on his thoughts on the final play. I saw Draymond trying to call it, and I was hoping they'd give it to us, but you know we didn't get it. But I, I'm I'm always uh, a proponent of pushing the ball off of a miss rather than taking a timeout, letting the defense get set up. So I thought we would get a better shot in transition. That's why I uh, let him play. Yeah, look, I I let him play. That's great. The problem with it is, and maybe this is Bre- this is Steve Kerr's uh, uh, thoughts. They were so bad offensively in the fourth quarter. I mean, just atrocious in terms of their shot selection, their spacing. They were tired and discombobulated. They were so bad that, you know, part of him probably thought, look, if I call a timeout, they set their defense. Well, that defense can be pretty good. The problem with it is Durant's not really a point and he didn't seem to really have feel for spacing or taking his time. He kind of rushed it into the front court, which is fine. And he got it to Clay Thompson a, a, just a tick early. Didn't look for his own shot. And Steph Curry's kind of in the way. Clay Thompson gets grabbed. And they end up getting just a chuck and still had another shot with 0.5 seconds to go because Chris Paul inexplicably chooses to make a second free throw that he should well have missed. All that said, Durant looked tight at the end. Steph Curry went from looking very beatable to in, to not even a human being. He was a superhero to being human once again. And the Golden State Warriors, who many of us had already crowned NBA champions, are in a series. This is adversity. And as much as we can sit here and go like, well, you can't panic. It's still the Warriors. It's still the better team. You still have three games. All you got to do is win two. I wouldn't panic with the exception of the fact that the Golden State Warriors seemed to panic yesterday. They didn't have Andre Godala, so they had one guy on the floor at all times who seemed to not know where he was supposed to be. Jordan Bell, Kayvon Looney, uh, Swaggy P, Quinn Cook, whoever it was. They always had one guy like, dude, what's that guy doing out there? The other guy on the Warriors looks like the first person you see in most horror films. That guy's going to die. He's not one of the headline actors. He's going to die. How do I know? I've seen a horror movie before. They don't sacrifice Drew Barrymore early on in Poltergeist, do they? Nope. So I wouldn't panic. Except for the fact that the Warriors seem to panic. Kevin Durant took a couple of the worst shots I've ever seen and then in what felt like a knee-jerk reaction to the shots, gave the ball up early to Clay Thompson, who tried to make a move and then panicked with his own shot. Steph Curry running after the ball like a moth to a light. That's a form of panicking. Like This is a team that lost their cool, lost their composure, and is faced now with supreme adversity. They got to win another game in Houston which they were already able to do, but there was another game in which they were punked in. So I loved it, and I didn't love it because I cheer against the Warriors or for the Rockets. I loved it because I like competitive sports. I like endings that aren't planned. One of my favorite um, movie makers is M. Night Shyamalan. Shyamalan. Now, some of his, you know, ever there's always a surprise ending <clears throat> with M Night, 
But I like surprise endings. I like the surprise ending at the end of Unbreakable. I did not know how the, how what the ending was in Sixth Sense. You know, the village was, I knew there was some surprise ending coming, but I didn't know that was the surprise ending that was coming. I dig surprise endings, and last night was a surprise ending. Ramos is our big uh, movie guy, our, our, our uh, cinematic genius or cinematic uh, analyst. Are you a surprise ending guy or, you know? I do enjoy the surprises in movies, the twists as we call them. Yes. Favorite one is offhand? Obviously Darth, Va- Oop, Darth Vader's Luke's dad. <laughs> Should I say that? <clears throat> Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, the movie's 35 years old. I think you're okay. <laughs> you always got you Luke, never know Doug you just never know I am your father that's the most you think that's the biggest surprise ending in movie making film I, I think it may be the biggest one of the biggest surprises and not the ending of a movie because that wasn't the end of Empire Strikes Back but it, it, is it was a, a plot twist definite this plot is twist. a plot twist yes. it's a plot twist M- music do you have a favorite surprise surprise ending uh, I was a big fan of Fight Club that ending at at the end where you sort of realize that they are one and the same person. Yeah, I, I honestly, I need, I think I need to go back and watch it <laughs> because it was such a surprise ending that I'm not, I'm still not sure exactly what happened. <laughs> that does 15 on, years later, yeah. you're just going, man, that fight club. Yeah. yeah. Crying game was a little bit too much of a surprise ending. Most definitely. A little bit too much, a little jarring. Like, mm, okay, that's a surprise. Could have done without it. Uh, of course, there's, uh, what is it? Ace Ventura had a surprise ending. Right? Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel is Einhorn. Einhorn is Finkel. Finkel and Einhorn is Einhorn. Einhorn is, oh, Finkel. Oh, Finkel and Einhorn. Same guy, same person. Here's Kevin Durant on what he saw in the final possession. I raced it down. I was trying to see if I had some options. I seen Clay running along the baseline, and I maybe should have waited till he set his feet, but I just threw a bounce pass and tried to relocate for it. But, man, that's not the reason why we lost the game. I mean, I wish I wish, uh, could have been a better possession at the end, but, you know, we got to live with that and move on and, and be better next game. Here's Steph Curry on how they played. Mix-ups we had on defense affected our, our energy on the offensive end. Credit to them. They, they, we know they're doing a lot of switching and trying to force us into you know one-on-one type situations. But that's no excuse to not get the ball moving. Trusting you know what we what we do best, and you know whether it's the first quarter, second quarter, you know, or crunch time in the fourth, we got to be us. Yeah, I, look, I thought they. I do think they 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 got out of who they were offensively. I think some of that is fatigue. Some of that is not having Iguodala. Uh, some of that is that game was played. It was ridiculously physical. I mean, just grabbing and holding and, you know, look, you can tell me like that's playoff basketball. It didn't feel like basketball to me. And some of it is you got to credit the Rockets. They made shots where the Warriors did not. But man, was it good. Great plot twist. Wait, so the Warriors aren't going to the finals. You don't hand them their third, third straight championship or their second straight championship. Nope, not yet. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Could you play that Roger Goodell sound uh, in regards to uh, 
to players uh, sitting out, opting out of the national anthem. Go ahead. If anyone is on the field and is disrespectful to the anthem or the flag, uh, there would be a, a fine from the league against the team. Uh, the team will have its own work rules, will be consistent with the overall policy, and they will make their own decisions about how to manage that from there on the club level. Now, tell me if I'm wrong. Doesn't the NBA essentially have the same policy, right, where you don't have to come you don't have to come out for the anthem, but if you come out for the anthem, you stand for the anthem. Isn't that essentially the NBA policy? And and yet. The NFL is going to be, is said to have mishandled this. Um, look, I'll just kind of state my position on this really quickly. Uh, I, I don't like any abuse of power, political, police, or otherwise. On the other hand, I look at it like this. When the national anthem plays, I'm at my house. It's uncomfortable to just be sitting there on your couch scratching yourself, isn't it? Right? Like you just, I'm, you're at your house, your kids are around, the national anthem plays. What do you do? We stand up in my house. Now look, it's only on usually during super big events, right? It's only a Super Bowl, Final Four, whatever, All-Star game, baseball All-Star game, World Series, etc. NBA Finals. It's the only time to which the national anthem is actually on TV during those times. Like I'm like, I'm the parent. I'm supposed to have my kids stand up. If you're at a stadium, the national anthem starts playing. What do you do? You stand you take off your cap and you stand up. So I look, I get the idea. Hey, look, it's, it's free speech. And I do in fact, respect peaceful, protest i never liked how kaepernick framed it i didn't like the words he used nor do i like the fact that he he allowed so many others to contextualize what and why he was protesting and he lost control they really lost control of the message they became a bunch of different messages and and the president didn't help either matter of fact the president killed whatever his message was because he made it about the president and about the flag and about patriotism instead of about police brutality, which I think was the idea behind it. Even if I don't believe Kaepernick worded it in an appropriate fashion. But when you're running a business and enough of your customers have said, Hey, I don't want those guys kneeling before the flag. I don't want those guys. I don't want those guys uh, making a show of it and protesting. it. They don't like it. They don't want to then have them stay in the locker room. I actually think this is a middle ground. Could you allow them to, could you be at the, at the forefront of it and say, Hey, look, we're going to allow our players. We're going to allow our players this moment of free speech. They could, but one that would not be answering to their customers, not all of whom, but enough of whom have made their feelings known. And secondly, this provides you with a simple opt out. Like, let's not act like the NFL hasn't done anything. You know, they, they did try and give money to help NFL players bring education, change the process of different arrests, body cameras, and et cetera. Like, look, I I don't, 
Do I think this is a good, that we're having conversations in the right tone? Right, Of course not. Of course not. And as much, like, there's so many other things at play here, right? Like, you have, you have, uh, what happened at Santa Fe High School? And you might say to yourself, well, what does that have to do with it? Well, like, first responders, police officers, like, those guys go running in. They're trying to protect our kids. So how do you say we respect and admire first responders? We respect and admire police officers that keep us safe, and yet we want to change with some of these policies. How do we do it smartly so? And I don't know if we've come up with a viable solution. I think Kaepernick accomplished and even exceeded any goal that he might have set forth for. If the goal was to bring awareness to the problem, we're pretty aware. We're still talking about it. He ain't played in the NFL in a year, and everybody's still talking about it, still talking about his protest. The NFL has changed and mandated a a policy to which they'll now fine you for taking a knee. And even though that policy mirrors that of the NBA, that policy change was brought about because these protests. Again, like you can look, you can look at it as, they're trying to destroy the pride protest, and you're right, but you can also look at it as, hey, it's a Kaepernick win. I, I'll tell you, I have a problem with Jed York abstaining his vote. Jed York's the owner of the San Francisco 49ers. He's like, yeah, look, we, we're not going to sell. He came out today and made some statement. We're not going to sell concessions during the national anthem, uh, during a time of this kind of sensitivity, like, well, you used to, first of all. Second of all, nobody goes to the Niners games now. But third of all, like, don't do the abstain from vote. If you disagree with it, vote against it. Vote against it. Don't do the Jill Stein Green Party vote. Don't do the abstention and the, hey, I didn't vote for it. You also didn't vote against it. If you're against it, vote against it. Start a coalition. Start a movement. Offer up an an alternative thought. And And it's one of those things to which you can sit there. This protest was quietly kind of slowly going away. And then the president brought it back up. And now I'm sure he'll claim victory on this thing. But what's fascinating is how the NBA has had a policy in place that almost mirrors what the NFL announced today. And yet the NFL is seen as regressive and the NBA is seen as progressive. Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app. Let's welcome in Antonio Daniels, an NBA champion. He works for Fox Sports Oklahoma, covers the Oklahoma City Thunder, but also the rest of the NBA. He joins us in the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Uh, just one game and fixable, or is was that a the rushing is cut sort of moment? Well, it, I guess it depends on... Um which perspective you're looking from. You know, if you're a Golden State fan, you're going to say, you know what, it's just one game. And if you're a Houston Rockets fan, you're saying, you know what, from the Russian side of things, you know what, this guy's not a machine. This team is not a machine. And I, and I get it. Because now, any way you look at it, any way it breaks down, it comes down to the best of three games, regardless. I don't care which side you're on. Even if you don't have a dog in a fight, it comes down to the best of three games. So if you're Houston, you did – what you went to Golden State to do, and that was to win one game, to get a split. You got your split, you have home court, now you go back to home and take care of business. 
What do you think's changed with Steph Curry? Nothing. You know, I, I tell you what, what drives me berserk, Doug, is anytime he struggles, he's hurt. I can't stand it. Anytime he struggles, he's hurt. If he shoots the ball bad for two or three games, he must be injured. Like, he's not human. Like, he can't, even though he's the best shooter of all time, in my opinion, but he's going to have games, maybe two games, maybe three games, where he doesn't shoot the ball well. And it happens. It happens to anybody that's played that game. If you want to call it a slump, whatever you want to call it, sometimes you can just slump at the wrong time. But with Steph Curry, it's almost like there's a rule that's put in place that says if he struggles, the only reason that he's struggling is because he's not 100%. I would Sometimes say, you just struggle and you play bad. I, I agree with you. I would also say, though, that I don't think it's as much the shot making. It's more so the lack of ability at times to get a step. And some of that is, I think the defense is more physical. Some of that is they're going at him more, which wears anybody down. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, and I think some of it is uh, that that maybe while he's not, I don't, I don't like the he's hurt. It's the it's really hard to go from rehabbing to playing at this this level of basketball is the highest level of basketball you can mm-hmm. competitiveness you can get to, and so he's struggling with that sort of adjustment. And look, he. He he takes some. He's always taken some shots that you and I were brought up as man. Those are bad shots. You can't take them. Right. And gotten away right. with it. But it it felt like there's a little bit more settling in this series because he couldn't get a step. Well, you know, for me, I don't think it's as much as the fact that he can't be the, get the step as much as it's the competition that he's playing against. Okay. Meaning, you know, if you look at the Houston Rockets, he doesn't have a problem getting a step on James Harden. Chris Paul's a very good defender. P.J. Tucker is a very good defender. Uh, uh, Trevor Ariza is a very good defender. Clint Capella, for his size, is a very good defender. So I'm not going to say it's a fact that he can't get the step, but now you're playing against a team with a lot of range, a lot of length, um, a lot of athleticism, a lot of agility, and a lot of speed. So maybe you're not getting the step because this team, more than any other team that you may face, has different guys that are versatile that can move their feet. He doesn't have a problem getting by James Harden. He has not had a problem getting by James Harden at all. Chris Paul, yeah, it's going to be a little tougher. P.J. Tucker, a little more physical. Trevor Ariza, a little bit longer. Clint Capella's a little bit longer. So that's something that you're going to run into when there's only four teams left playing. It felt like uh, KD felt like KD went back to Game 6 against the Warriors when he was on the mm. Thunder, KD. Right? Like, mm. a, a couple, he, got, he got shoved way out of the post and shot one off the backboard. Took an ill-timed three that didn't draw iron. And then because he was suddenly playing with Looney and Jordan Bell and, uh, and Draymond's not looking for the catch-and-shoot jump shot, that, that lane's not as open. And, and he, seemed real, he seemed a little bit lost as opposed to the really confident KD we had seen previously. You've seen Kevin Durant play more than anybody I know. What was your assessment of what went wrong with his play? Honestly, Doug, I don't think that was as much KD as it was the entire Golden State Warriors team. If you look at that fourth quarter, it looked like they switched places with the Houston Rockets, meaning they became completely isolation-based. Whoever got the ball went one-on-one, and they played that way. And just like any other team in this league, when those shots are going, it's fantastic, whether or not you're isolating or not. But when those shots aren't going, and when the ball's not moving for Golden State like it does every game all year long, that's what makes them so good and you become isolation-based and those stats aren't falling, man, it looks really, really bad. And yesterday in that fourth quarter is one of the worst 
12-minute spans that I've seen out of the Golden State Warriors in quite some time. All right, so what happens when they go to Houston? Uh, I, I think they take care of business. I really do, because they have so much. They have so much. Um, you can't, if you're the Houston Rockets, you can't rely on Golden State going whatever they were, three for 18 in the fourth quarter again. That's not going to happen. They're too good. They have too many weapons. They have too many options. Um, what's weird is it was different seeing certain units out there. Andre Iguodala, but not being in there yesterday, hurt yep. because it made their bench a lot shorter. So to see Jordan Bell out there in crunch time minutes was a little different. That was a little different for me um, because you're used to seeing whatever you want to call them, the death five, the Hampton five, whatever you want to call them, used to seeing that five on the floor. Five guys that can shoot it, space the floor, uh, defend with a high basketball IQ. And Jordan Bell, being his rookie year, doesn't really fit the criteria of that Hampton Five. So that threw a little monkey wrench in what they were trying to get accomplished. But with all that being said, you get a healthy Andre Iguodala back, I think you're right back to where you want to be. All right, let's uh, help me out with, with tonight. Uh, look, uh, we know the Celtics are undermanned without their two best scores. But it didn't mm-hmm. seem to matter in games one and game two. They go on the road and they look much the way they've looked on the road throughout the playoffs. What happens tonight? Man, you know what? This is a toughie. I, you know, out of all of the series thus far, this is the one that's the hardest to call because to me, it comes down to the Cavaliers, other guys knocking down shots. J.R. Smith, uh, Kyle Corver, George Hill, Kevin Love. If those other guys play well, Cleveland wins. Because LeBron is not enough to beat the Boston Celtics by itself like he was the Indiana Pacers. And the difference between the Indiana Pacers series going seven, the Toronto Raptors series going four, and this one has to do with the other guy. LeBron's going to be the best player on the planet no matter what. But what comes down to what it comes down to is those other guys. If they come along and they're engaged and focused like they were at home, which a lot of times for role players, it's difficult to do on the road. If they're engaged like they were at home on the road, then I think they win. And if they struggle on the road like they have in the past, then they probably lose the game. Yeah, yeah. I, I, was, I, I was honestly Antonio Daniels joining us, longtime pro, of course, an NBA champion, covers the NBA for Fox Sports Oklahoma. Joining us, Doug Gottlieb Show, Fox Sports Radio. I, I was thinking of you the other night. I was watching Kyle Korver hit all those shots. I read the story about you know his brother passed away this year. Thinking about when your, when your brother Patrick tragically died and how you played through it. Um, what, 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 what's that like for you to watch somebody else go through this in the NBA and in, in the NBA playoffs? Well, well for me, it, it's almost like a situation where you kind of understand it because the NBA, the basketball, the locker room, your teammates, it all becomes your sanctuary because basically when you're going through something like that, that's all you have to keep your mind off of the tragic situation that everybody else is your family is going through. So once you walk out of that locker room and people aren't cheering anymore and you're not hearing the fans and your teammates aren't there, you go right back to that place. So you try and stay and engulf yourself in the sport as much as you possibly can. And it really gives you something to to go out there, like added motivation to play for. You know, you're not just going out there and playing for yourself. You're not just playing for your teammates. You're not just playing for the money. You're playing in memory of someone else, which means a lot more. Yeah. I remember, I I think, didn't you didn't you score the game winner right the first, your first game back after he passed away? Yep. Yep, against Eastern Michigan. At the time they were ranked twenty third in the country. Derek Dial, Earl Boykin, yep. and all those guys. The, the, the craziest 
craziest basketball situation I've ever been a part of, but also the most memorable. Well, listen, I remember it. You're an incredible player. You do a great job as an analyst. Thanks so much for joining us, man. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me, Doug. Anytime, brother. Antonio Daniels joining us. Be sure to catch live editions of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Ephraim Salam joins us on the Doug Gottlieb Show. I saw him on CNN earlier today. Uh, You can hear him on Fox Sports Radio. He's also a dear friend and a supremely talented broadcaster, as he was as a tremendous offensive lineman in the National Football League. Uh, What was your reaction when you saw... Uh, what Roger Goodell announced today as far as the new policy on national anthems? Uh, I was disappointed. I, I, I really was. It, 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 it took me to a place of, okay, we thought the owners and the players were coming together during the whole divisiveness uh, from uh, Donald Trump and, and, and going after the NFL to me, it seemed like we had these meetings. Okay, we're going to meet with the players, although Colin Kaepernick wasn't even in, involved in the meeting, which didn't make any sense to me. Uh, but okay, we'll, we'll give them the benefit of the doubt. So I, I, I just assumed that they were working together with the players in the NFL uh, Players Association to come up with uh, a way that we can put this behind us and both grow from it, right? To put the, put the focus back on the original issue and what we can do as billionaires and owners to help support the communities that these players come from. And then to hear these rules and hear them levy out what, what the fines will be if players decide to protest uh, during the national anthem, and also the players who do want to protest get to stay in the locker room, you want to talk about creating more division with the team. They completely blew it. They went the complete opposite direction that they should have gone, and it's not surprising because when they were coming up with these rules and, 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 and putting this in place, no players were involved in the conversations, nor were any players' representation, the NFLPA or anything like that. There was no conversations leading up to the new rule, implementing the new rules, so of course they missed the mark. They're, they're trying to save faith and, and protect the shield, which right. I, I know that's what they do. Right, they protect. Of course, you want to protect your business, protect the shield. But what they've done is they've made, a, like you said, it, the protest was dying down. Voices were being heard, not about being unpatriotic, but about the cause. And now you're pretty much forcing the players to choose a side. Which, as a as a company, why would you want to do that? Your most valued commodity, which is the players, why would you want to alienate them more? then they already were alienated. The president already gave you the fodder to, to come together. And now you, they pretty much sided with what the president said. They did, they did exactly what Donald Trump's agenda was. And how can that be? And just a couple months ago, they were all up in arms against him. Yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I think the, again, I think honestly the intent is to make it go away so that he, it doesn't give him any more fodder but he'll claim victory on it, right? Absolutely. It's, it's you no know different. he's going to claim victory. It's, it's no different, honestly, than the North Korea thing, right? Like, North Korea's economy is in shambles. Cost a ton of money to do the nuclear thing. They couldn't get rockets off the ground. Everybody, everybody knew that they were all false claims. They're like, you know what? We're going to shut this thing down because it's just, it's not economically viable. And then he's going to go, hey, this, this is all me. I did this. It's all right. me, right? But that's, that's what, that's what, he does, right? That's 
He's kind of like Bieber in that he goes into the winning locker room and claims that he's been a longtime fan. That's kind of what he does. What If you were in charge, what would you have done? I would have got together with a group of players, the, rep, the representatives, and say, hey, you guys give, bring five guys, all right? Both sides, guys who are for the end. Let's come together and let's really talk about this. What can we do? to put the, the focus and the narrative back on what it is. Because but but they, all, they did that, didn't they? No, they, they didn't do it. They didn't. They, they gave us a pacifier. What we're finding out is that the media was to pacify us, right? Because if it was a, a, if it was a productive meeting, then these rule, this rule would have never been implemented. There's no way that the players were like, yeah, okay, they had any say or, or anything about this rule because it completely alienates one side. So that's impossible. So if I if I was in, in, in you know the commissioner I would say hey, look it putting a rule implementing a rule that doesn't do anything for us right the players want to bring acknowledgement to the original issue which is police brutality so let's come up with a way to talk about that let's take the narrative away from being about being unpatriotic because it's it was never intended to be that they allowed Donald Trump to push that narrative, which swallowed up the entire protest. So now it's all about these millionaire athletes, majority of them African-Americans, not being unpatriotic, and we're paying their salaries. That's what it, it turned into be, and that's not it at all. So so what happens now? Um, what, what happens is there are going to be some players that are going to take that fine. And what's going to happen there, it's going to escalate it. It's going to be players that don't come out. So now all the news media and the reporters will be watching to see which players are in the locker room, which players are not. Look at this example. So when I was playing, I had a a pretty bad ankle injury. So I used to get my ankle shot up before I came out, right? Right, right. Many times I would be in the locker room during the national anthem because I had to get it as close to game time as possible, right? And it's a myriad of other treatments that players go through Everybody's not out there doing the national anthem because every player is different. Sometimes they have things to do. Sometimes they've got to use the bathroom. So if it just so happens one weekend I'm in the bathroom or I'm getting treatment before the game starts and I mission the national anthem, the national anthem, do I have to answer questions about that all week on why I missed or what's my protest about? Why would you put your players in that situation? They know all players aren't out there doing the national anthem. They know this. So why would you create an environment to where now you're forced as a player, like, okay, I, I need this treatment or I need to go to the bathroom, but I got to be out here for this because I don't want it to be misconstrued that I'm pro Like, that shouldn't even be a thought going into playing a football game. Right? Agreed. So that's the, that's the, 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 the chasm that they've created. With implement- why, would you, why would you make that rule? We, look, everybody knows it's no secret that we didn't start. That it was times when I played early in my career that the entire team wasn't even on the field for the national anthem. That only started when the, the, the U.S. military starts putting money into the NFL because it's the greatest marketing tool on the planet Earth. So now for those videos that they show at the schools and when they at the recruitment centers and they show everybody standing at attention with the American flag on the field and all of the NFL games and all of that, that's a tremendous marketing tool. So once the, the, the government started to finance that with the NFL, then all of a sudden it became a thing that we should all be out there for the national anthem. No, no, listen, it was, it, I, I understand all of that. 
Okay. And, and I completely agree with you that you end up playing into the hands of the president. This like, this is just playing his game on on his term to which he, you know, the, the, he likes to use the term rigged. It was rigged to where there, there's no other, other option other than to him to win. I guess the issue is at some point you got to have some sort of closure in it. You just can't have continual protest. If there is a portion of your fan base which is upset. I don't know how many people there are. I don't know how many calls there are, how legitimate it is, but there is a sense that at least a portion, however small of your fan base isn't into that sort of protest. It thinks it takes away from their love affair with the national football league. And this at least on some level is a reaction to that. No, it, it, it is. And the thing is they panicked the NFL panicked because when you really look at the numbers, there wasn't enough significant drop and attendance or viewership to warrant such a drastic thing. And when you when you look at it, remember remember uh, Papa John, he came out and made the statement about the protest. Guess what? Papa John is no longer the pizza of the NFL, right? Guess, guess who stepped in? Pizza Hut, right away. It didn't even take a day. So the bottom line is advertisers and companies are still going to pay premium to be part of the NFL because it still is the number one American sports league in the country, in the world. So the fact that you think that you're going to lose money by supporting your players, right, and coming up with the, uh, uh, something that you both can you can benefit from, that you had to rush to judgment and implement a rule that you think is going to benefit that portion of the alienated fan base, which wasn't that large at all anyway. That's ridiculous. That's a panic. You, that's a panic move. Here, here's the one question I have for you. It's essentially the same rule, same policy that the NBA has. Why is it right. so different? Because the NBA players have a voice. Well, why, 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 NFL, why, why can't why can't the NFL players have a voice? In the same because way? that's not how the NFL works. The NFL is built on the shield. Here's the, let me ask you this. No, but look, the, ru- the, the rule. No, no, I, I'm, just in this context, the context of right. this rule, it's essentially the same thing. Right, correct. But guess what? Guess what the NBA does? Tell me. It allows their players to protest, right? So when you look at the shooting shirts of the Cleveland Cavaliers, and they all have hands up, hands up, or whatever. I can't breathe. They did the I can't breathe one. Right, I can't breathe. Right, right. The the NFL would never allow that. They would never allow that. So they don't allow the players to have a voice that they can use their. Look, that didn't, those T-shirts didn't do anything. All it did was bring awareness where awareness needed to be brought. The game went on. People enjoyed. It was no big deal. Now, when you try to stifle that, when you try to take a player's voice away, the NFL is all about the shield, not the players. It's never been. You can't – we always have the argument, Doug. We talk about it all the time. Who's the greatest basketball player? There's a list of them, at least five people, they, and they vary. Jordan, LeBron, Kobe, whatever, whatever. But we have that conversation. When you say who's the best NFL player ever, that, that's not a conversation people have because it's more than the player for the NFL. They built the league around the shield, not the players, about around the shield, and that's why it's a difference. In the NBA, those players have the ability to voice themselves. In the, in, in the NFL, it's not like that. It's do it our way, period. You will not be able to wear They find a player for wearing pink cleats Yes. Entire year. Yes. Yes. But his mother died of cancer. I understand. That's ridiculous. I think it's ridiculous too. One, it could be addressed in the collective bargaining agreement. 
Secondly, yes. those those you could do it during my cause, right? My cleats, my cause. And third, yes. you can do it pregame cleats. These dudes wear whatever they want, just like NBA players wear their shooting shirts. Why can't NFL players protest on their cleats before the game? They they can't listen. They, e, e, I I gotta go. Okay, I got it's, you. I gotta go. Great job on on CNN. Are we do we Thank doing you. any more political talk tonight? Are we doing? Are we I'll doing, be there tonight. I'll was that? Oh, you on Fox tonight. News or CNN? Which one are you on? I'm in uh, CNN. I'll be back on CNN tonight, and then I'll be on Headline News tomorrow morning. Awesome. Thanks for joining us. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see what music does to people it gives me a lot of hope if you liked locatora before you're gonna love season nine subscribe to our show and you'll see why locatora is your prima's favorite podcast listen to locatora radio as part of the michael Cultura podcast network available on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct. But most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.